Welcome everybody to Funeral Nation episode 209. I'm Ryan Thog Martin. That is Jeff, the funeral commander Harbison. And this is the Funeral Professions only weekly news web show. Good to be back in Ohio and back on the show with you. Well, it's been, uh, you know, we're a post Thanksgiving week. So now we're into the uh, Christmas Hanukkah holidays. So that's behind us, and it's always an exciting time, but it seems like this year, uh, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, it's just we're not letting up on uh, challenges. But uh, speaking of challenges, uh, CNJ Financial, if you're doing your own insurance assignments, you know, you're waiting 30 days, the funeral isn't over, how about give us a call and let us help you? Look, it doesn't cost you anything to do so. Just have a chat. Let me show you how I can help turn that around. Ryan, go ahead and run that promo real quick. We may be the largest insurance assignment company in the funeral profession, but that doesn't mean we've lost touch with our roots. Here in Rainbow City, Alabama, our priorities still come down to a welcoming smile and a handshake that says we keep our promises. With all the tools and technologies that assure blazing fast turnaround, what really matters is much more old school, personal responsibility, integrity, relationships, and the pride that comes from hearing yet another client say, you came through for us when it mattered. CNJ eliminates the challenges that funeral homes have in processing insurance death claims. If cash flow is vital to your business, welcome home. All right, so we were just talking about post-Thanksgiving and literally from the last time we were together to now, um, COVID has begun spiking significantly. We have lockdowns across the country. I personally have a friend, a neighbor that lost his mom Thanksgiving day. And unfortunately he's uh, up in New York and those are one of those states with restrictions on funerals, etc. So he's experiencing that. And, um, uh, you know, our professions, it just keeps getting harder and more challenged but our folks obviously stepping up. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're nine months into this thing pretty much almost. And, and the profession at large has really adapted. Well, I mean, you know, we, we hit on funeral professionals pretty hard on this show just to embrace change and technology and, and get faster with it and more open to it. And, this is really forced that, but, you know, I really think this is an opportunity to kind of applaud the profession for um, the changes that have had to be been, you know, had to be made. Um, most states currently are still in or not still, but back into gathering restrictions. I know Ohio, it's under 10 people. Uh, we had somebody very close to us uh, where, they had to have a direct uh, cremation. They couldn't have a viewing. The family had a small private service and they're going to hold the remains until later when people can gather and have a life celebration. And, and you know, that's, that's where we're at right now. And I think it's, it's tough. I've, uh, I've probably talked to 45 funeral professionals in the last, you know, week that are saying, Hey, call volume is, is great. We're serving a lot of families, but revenue per call is down and and Jeff, when I think about that, I think about the service that, that you guys offer with CNJ Financial, where right now every amount of time spent with a family is money. 
Um, every minute spent extra doing something is money. And if revenue is, is down, but call volumes up, then your time needs optimized. So why spend hours doing something that somebody else could do in a matter of minutes for you that allow you to see another family, allow you to spend time doing something that's going to produce more revenue versus just time spent on a phone. So, I mean, I just think there's there's still little things in, in each funeral home that, that we need to optimize and we need to get changed. Like this isn't going away anytime soon. Um, it's not like 2021 is going to hit and you know, this virus goes to sleep and everything's back to normal. So we've got to, we've got to start looking at ways to, okay, now we've made changes to embrace certain technologies. What do we need to do to get more efficient and how we operate our business? Um, but, you know, uh, the, the, the profession's rallying together and, and we're going to talk about a way that ICCFA is petitioning to help funeral professionals get protected. Yeah. In fact, uh, they sent out a letter, uh, you had it posted on connecting directors that, uh, they're sending it, uh, I think it's Operation Warp Speed being led by the, the Department of Human or Department of Health and Human Services to organize the distribution of COVID-19 uh, vaccines. And I, I think I'm certain or it feels like that the funeral profession has also been elevated, much deserved, maybe in the past somewhat ignored, that they are frontline people. This is a necessary mm -hmm. service. And um, the funeral professionals that are working day to day dealing with families and COVID, um, they should be at the front of the line, just like the other first responders. What do you think? No, I couldn't agree with you uh, anymore. Um, and, and outside of the circles of the industry, um, you know, we hear a lot about frontline responders, but we don't necessarily hear the thank yous to, to funeral professionals. So I think that um, they're in line as much as anybody else is. They're meeting directly with family members that could be exposed and not know it a, a lot of things. So um, there's no quit in this job. There's no like turn it on and off and wait for this thing to pass. Um, and so I, I believe in that that article and you can go to connectingdirectors.com and, and find that. But um, in that article, ICCFA actually has put together a templated letter that you can download uh, you can sign, you can edit as needed, and then you can send that off to your appropriate representatives to just petition that that funeral professionals get to be a part of the conversation when it comes to these first round of vaccines, um, should they want them. So that's right. And uh, I mean, it's essential. And, and of course, you know, the, the talk is about the vaccines or the effective, do we know what's in there? Um, there's all sorts of uh, questioning going on with that. Obviously, my I shared with you, my wife's a healthcare worker, and mm -hmm. they're going to be required to take it. And so, you know, her concern is, well, exactly what am I getting here? But right. in the end, um, I think we've got to do everything we can to combat this and, and get our nation back on track and healthy. And uh, frankly, I'm not sure that we'll ever be the same that we were in the past. Uh, we, no. I, I think those days are, are done. Um, so sp speaking of something that's uh, out of the ordinary and you don't see much, uh, there was a, uh, a murder victim in Trinidad and Tobago who had a really cool, unusual embalming where the guy was sitting up in a chair. In fact, I watched a video that he was paraded around town mm -hmm. in, in that chair embalmed. 
in the back of us, like a truck of some sorts. Uh, I'd love to know from our professionals, what do you think about that? Do you think that's something that's far outrageous? Do you think that's something that's really neat, depending on what, you know, we always say whatever the family wants, right? Is that something that you would do or something you would say, hey, you know what, we're not doing that. Uh, you had a question to me off air that came about, which is a valid question. What was it again? How do you casket that body or get it into a retort when the legs and knees are bent, you know, like they are? Uh, I think it's a valid question. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you can manipulate, you know, bending of legs and things after a body has been embalmed and paraded around like that, but um, I would love to know. So if you have an opinion or you have an answer, please comment so we can have that conversation. It intrigues me, but we've seen this before, right? Like I think that we've covered, um, I mean, this is probably the sixth or seventh article that we've done in the last few years. Um, and, and all these embalmings seem to be like they're taking place in other countries. I think there was one down in New Orleans a few years ago, but um, I think it's interesting because you said it, Jeff, we always say whatever the family wants, but I think that when we say whatever the family wants, we put some subjectiveness into that of exactly how far are we going to go for what the family wants. Um, so, I, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. Like, look, I've, I've talked to people that said, you know, if I could have had my loved one just like taxidermied and, and stuck in the corner of the house where I could see him every day or, you know, put on the back porch, like I, that's not me, but, you know. Not my gig either. Uh, but one thing, you know, I'm fascinated. Uh, guys wearing white pants, bravo to y'all. That's a job too, you know, just leave it at that. <laughs> but we would love to hear from funeral professionals out there. Folks, uh, what do you think about this? Is this something you do, something you wouldn't do? Um, are you capable of doing something How like would this? You do it? How would How you would do you it? How would you do it? Yeah, I mean – I don't know, I guess if somebody was known for specializing in this and there was different communities that liked it, then you know what, it, it could take off. Lord knows what will be different, you know? And this is one, uh, I think they did a phenomenal job just looking at the guy, but. I mean, shoot, the PR from it would just be worth it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> When I go, I want to sit up and be paraded around town just like that. That's <laughs> right. right. That's right. Yeah, put me in the corner of the uh, the bar in uh, Aruba at the table with a cigar in my mouth and a rum in my hand, and uh, let me sit there for a while before I go completely. <laughs> there you go. Maybe we maybe we can get uh, some comment from uh, our friends at Pierce Chemical or Eccles on just exactly how this would work. Yeah, or Monica. How about reach out yeah, to us Monica. and tell us what's going on? Yeah, I, I'm sure she's one of the experts in the field, and I'm sure she has an opinion on this, too. That's right. That's right, for sure. Well, anyway, uh, we have the end of the uh, quarterly reports, and I think we're going to get Tom Anderson on the next show uh, because all of those have arrived. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, based on our conversation a few minutes ago about COVID and what's going on, yeah. You know, those will reflect the revenues per call, um, whether they're up or down, if there's more. You know, the, the hard part is I haven't seen and would love to have some comparisons of from the CDC on death rate. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we see some, you know, of what the current death rate is, but what is that? Let's just go back two year trends, you know, from uh, 1819 and then show 20. Is it that significantly different? Because um, we've always had a flu season. Yes, we're losing people to COVID, but, you know, there's also all sorts of stories and articles out that um, cardiac uh, failures have dropped significantly. <laughs> you know, so is the regular flus dropped significantly, cancer death. So uh, you and I have actually touched on it where uh, death certificates are reflecting COVID, but that was not necessarily the complication. That's right. Families were upset, et cetera. So yeah. I think that's going to be ongoing until we get real clear data out of uh, CDC of exactly what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, it, it, it can raise, and we've talked about this off, off camera as well. Um, if there is an increase in the death rate, is it early deaths that would have happened later that are now going to impact the death rates of 2021, 22, you know, are, is COVID driving earlier death of someone that would have passed away next year or the year after? And how does that affect kind of the trickle down um, ongoing? Uh, so I would think that's, that's interesting as well. Um, you know, I, there's just so many different impacts, different angles, uh, and different things that, that this kind of shut down in the pandemic that we're in, uh, and, you know, just impacts a lot of different things that we don't right. think about on the daily. And there's another, you know, if you remember back in 2011, the prognosticator said our business is just going to go crazy, uh, because the baby boomers now are of within the death age, if you will. However, that didn't happen. Um, yeah. There was a slow, minute increase. You know, is this uh, where majority of baby boomers are the ones who are dying from here? You know, again, we don't have any data to speak upon. It's all sort of, uh, uh, I guess, lack of a better word, knee-jerk thoughts. But, you know, we didn't have that sharp increase of baby boomer deaths. Or some of these deaths, deaths that baby boomers would have died of anyhow but you know it just as you said it was a a carry forward or a pullback you know where they just died earlier because of complications here but anyway um so let's look forward to seeing tom next week on uh effing 210 wow incredible 210 yeah effing 210 but anyway um thank you all for watching again please we want to hear back from the folks on this embalming issue the picture will be up there and uh tell us what you think you know, episode 210 means that this profession's got over four years worth of content that they could sit down and watch from us. Amazing, isn't it? Scary. Scary. Yeah. No one shut us down. No. <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think we've evolved and got even better. You know, it's just like age, getting better with time. I agree there. All right, sir. Well, Commander, appreciate you. Uh, Happy belated Thanksgiving. I'll just get the Merry Christmas, Happy New Year out of the way now. Um, but until next time, have a great effing week. Out here.